0: I've, I was meant to send this to you I did record it because there was one night where it was so loud I was like the phone must be able to put, to pick this up so I've just labelled it bass noise 5th of July 2022 all you, all you can hear there is, is just a bit of, cra- bit of crackly interference noise that the phone is picking up and you're just like what is happening what is going on this is my friend and fellow audio producer Ash Clivery So, Mike, do you want me on the podcast? Yeah, you're on now. This is is it, right? Do you not not want me to set up my good mic? Uh, If you can, yeah, we'll do that. Lockdown had happened and we were... We just had a kid as well. And we'd gone from everything that we knew about life had just then completely changed. Not only because of lockdown, but also there's a new person in the house. Me and my partner, we'd kind of gone from leading very separate lives to then just being completely enclosed in this in this space. It's uh, End of Terrace in West Norwood, opposite the cemetery. So you get a lot of the birds, you get all the parakeets flying around that apparently Jimi Hendrix released into into London. I'm, uh, as you well know, a podcast producer. i obviously more than happy to help you out on your podcasts. My partner works in communications at the time for the UK government. I just remember Giles Peterson was on Worldwide FM every single morning. It was such a change that there were a lot of positive things to come out of it. So obviously Giles being on the radio every day was just one of the most incredible periods of my life, being a a sort of a bit of a radiophile and an audio geek. It was like that bit, bit in Inception. You enter the dream, but you don't know how you got there and you don't know how you get out. You just land in the middle of it. It felt a bit like that it never fluctuated it never seemed to start it never seemed to end it was just there it was just a a quite a quite a large drone it's quite deep it it, I was getting to the point where I was like I've just had enough and there were were times actually where I had to put my noise cancelling headphones on like with nothing sometimes with a podcast on sometimes without just to get rid of it from memory, this is this is this is all from memory because I, I wasn't really subconsciously thinking that I might talk about this one day. Yo, T Bone, did you produce this? Sounds good, right?
1: It is always louder at night than during the day. It is always louder inside than outside. Of course, there's the aliens. It has to be the aliens. It's um, Gabriel's the trumpets. It's the sign of the end times. It's uh, government targeting, specifically electronically targeting individuals. It's plants. I actually really enjoyed that one. Air travel disrupts the hum for 72 to 100 hours. You go on an air flight, and that stops the hum in its tracks, but only for about maybe three, between three to four days. What is striking about that is that an auditory effect called autoacoustic emissions does the exact same thing. My name is Glenn McPherson and I'm the director of the World Hub Map and Database Project. My standing rule is that everybody gets one chance with me. If someone makes some, what I think on the surface might be some outlandish claim, my response is, okay. extraordinary claims do require extraordinary evidence. I'm willing to listen right up to the point where I start hearing complete false I guess serial falsehoods or when people supplant scientific terms with poetry or with emotion and by the way that that's all well and good I like poetry I believe in emotions I do believe in these things but that's not my interest in this topic so I do take a very strict actually scientific view and approach to all of this
0: oh, okay. What was the thing
1: about getting a radio license? Well, it, this is actually nothing to do with my scientific project. It's just that uh, I live in a place where I spend a good deal of time in the outdoors and some four by fouring. And I've always wanted to participate in search and rescue, but in a way that can work with my time constraints. And therefore, as you well know, during times of uh, emergency and natural disaster and whatnot, the ham radio people step up and they really fulfill a, a, a crucial role um, in, in different scenarios. And we live in a, in a place where we know a monster earthquake is coming, you know, within the next X number of years. And all that taken together, as well as my general scientific fascination with things, I thought I'd just finally go ahead and get that qualification. I live in a in a place called the Sunshine Coast of British Columbia and the place is not well understood even by most people who live in Vancouver. This is a peninsula. I can look across the water and actually see parts of the lower mainland of Vancouver but, but, but one must take a ferry to get here. About a 35 minute ferry ride from West Vancouver. It's a fairly small place in terms of population, but a fairly large place geographically. We have two towns with populations of roughly 5,000 and 7,000 people, but during the summer, this is considered a prime tourist destination, so our population can actually double or even triple on certain days during the summer. I was living in this same area just a few miles away from here, in the spring of uh, 2012 it was quite unusual in the evenings after about 10 p.m. I had heard what I assumed were uh, float planes. Cuz we do get a fair bit of a uh, fair amount of that traffic here, uh, but ha- after a few nights that, that 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 made no sense. Simply because of the number of them and uh, and the timing of it also when I heard the sound about 10:15 PM one night, I said, okay, it's time to figure out what this is. And I walked outside and the sound stopped. That was interesting. So I thought, okay, fine. Here we are it's somewhere in the house. Tried to track down the usual suspects like a, a fridge motor or some other thing. Ultimately, I turned off the mains to the house and then the sound got even louder. Logically, I said, OK, this is something close by. Walked around the neighborhood outdoors, and of course, I couldn't hear anything. It's a very quiet sort of semi-rural forested area. It's a dead-end street, gravel road. It was very quiet. The highway was fairly close, but the noise I was hearing bore no resemblance to highway noise. So what I did is I got into my car and then with the doors closed, I could hear it again. Now completely perplexed, I thought, okay, wait a minute. I can conduct an experiment now. So I drove and I drove all around, drove into the mountains, went over to the gravel mine in the little town of Seashalt, and wherever I stopped and turned off the uh, the vehicle with the doors closed and windows up, I could hear it unless there was a fairly loud ambient noise that might mask the other noise. So now I was completely stopped. And so what I did is what it turns out the vast majority of people who find my project do. So I went to the internet, went to Google and typed in Unusual low-frequency humming noise, and lo and behold, there it was. With a lot of ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous conspiracy, commentary. I had been a member of this Yahoo group that was devoted to this topic, a fairly small number of members. I started playing around with Google Maps. Very early on, the people who submitted their information were members of that small group. What is really interesting from that point is how, uh, within a year, I guess word had spread and knowledge of the project and the map just it just exploded. I don't hear the rumbles until the, the, the vibration, like the bed upstairs, vi- literally vibrates. I think the nausea is probably caused... Within a, uh, two or three or four years had reached a had reached a frenzy and there were a number of major news stories along the way which accelerated the project the major story in canada would be the so-called windsor hum the sound we're talking about is a nighttime nuisance and it's taken over otherwise peaceful neighborhoods in windsor not only that interestingly enough has got nothing to do with my project that's an actual sonic disturbance caused by the americans down on zug island our country it's really, really irritating. It's relentless. It doesn't seem to let up. It sounded like there was a deep resonating bass. You think there's there's a, a tank moving in your neighborhood or there's a truck idling outside your- As time went on and as the large number of data points started flooding in, what I could then do is start filtering those points down those reports, which ended up as points on the map, could be then filtered through a very strict set of criteria. So what I have now is a very, very tight data set. I'm not completely transparent about the filters I use, but there's some I can discuss to decide if the person is hearing the hum or if they're hearing something else. And that, in fact, has turned into a significant part of the project is helping people sort out and tease out that difference. If we take a look at some of the famous so-called hotspots in history, the first would be the town of um, Bristol in England, the little seaside town of Largs in Scotland, Taos, New Mexico, Kokomo, Indiana, Huey Town, Alabama. If you look at the Hum Map and then overlay it, With a population density map, the correspondence between the two is absolutely striking. Hum reports follow population density. Okay, so I think we should
0: probably go through the kind of four main theories for what it is. You said there was four?
1: The first was Deming's VLF hypothesis that the the world hum is the direct result of very powerful, worldwide, very low frequency transmissions used for communicating with submerged submarines. Let's just admit right now that there are several of, of his approaches and viewpoints that I think can be rejected out of hand and can be discredited. Global warming denial, fanatical gun rights oh that's fine I, he can go have those beliefs but I took his paper for what it was and it's it's a it's, it's actually an excellent paper number two and the one that we have really good reason to believe is the most reasonable theory now is that the hum is in fact internally generated by the body as tinnitus is but in a completely different way With number three, it is the uh, possibility that the hum is now the grand accumulation of human activity. In other words, human activity, that which creates noise, has accelerated dramatically over the past century with high-speed travel, with marine travel, with mining, with the uh, industrial equipment, air conditioners, heat pumps. And it could be that there's some grand accumulation of infrasound and sound that's only now detectable by a a fraction of the human population. The fourth is that this is a geological phenomenon. Like, for example, there have been researchers who have reported unusual sound effects just before seismic activity. And it could be that there is some very long playing geological process that generates Frequencies or the perceptions frequencies that again only a small fraction of the human population can detect. So that that outlines or at least lists, sorry, the the four theories. So we believe that the world hum and autoacoustic emissions, which are well known by the way to any audiologist, these are spontaneously generated noises within the human auditory system. It could be that the hum and autoacoustic emissions do perhaps arise from a similar or shared source. I haven't heard it recently. And the reason why is because of where I live. When I, a few years back, moved deep into the forest in a little place here called Half Moon Bay. I know in California, there's a famous Half Moon Bay, but we have one here too. And my first night in that new house, the hum roared. It was so loud that I almost put myself on the company of the people who were, this is an absolute, this is a bloody nuisance. The only advice that I have for people who want to deal with the hum is to mask it with another less obnoxious noise, such as a water feature or a bathroom fan. The forest is a tremendous absorber of sound. I was able to detect it or sense it much more loudly. Right now I live less than oh, 40 meters from a very active a thoroughfare here and I live in a condo well maybe I'll just that's enough information but <laughs> I live in a condominium building as well with uh, dozens and dozens of units and because of all the daily noise in my life I haven't had much opportunity whenever I go off-grid camping up into the mountains and Stop for a while and listen. Yeah, then I can detect it, but it's it's not a daily um, experience for me. At least not now, and not 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 where I live.
0: This is a this is a weird question, but do you do you miss it in a way?
1: Let me be precise. (laughs) There was a lot of excitement that accompanied my project getting a worldwide stage. My reflection upon that was, so there is some nostalgia with that period. I will say to the listener and to others, I have given up a lot. I've given up my privacy. I've become notorious in this small place. All my students and most people around here, they look at me and they go, oh yeah, that's that guy with that wacko project kind of thing all the notoriety and the fame i don't think it was a positive thing to be honest however i do have some uh, reminiscence some fond reminiscence of the excitement that accompanied the explosion of interest in the project that i wouldn't say i miss but i certainly do think it was an interesting and fun time
0: yeah of course and then and then my partner came up to me and she said Oh, read this article. They're talking about the thing that you've got. And it's uh, apparently it's called the Global Hum. And I was like, bloody hell. You know, you felt like the madness had been vindicated for a little bit. You checked the map, didn't you? I did, I did look at the map. What did the map show you? I didn't look at it in detail, but other people around me in West Norwood, in south-east London, had spotted it as well. There were a few in Crystal Palace. So I, yeah it's good to know that I'm not the only one I think <laughs> or wasn't the only one I've left London on the 31st of December sort of temp- temp- just for a few months really and it's completely stopped I'm in Geneva now and there is no there's no flashback to anything that even sounds remotely like the hum You've got the sounds of the city. We've got a four lane road outside. 30 miles an hour, traffic all day, every day, thousands of cars a day. Again, still nothing, nothing compared to to that home. Thanks to Ash Clivery and Glenn McPherson for speaking to me for this episode. Glenn McPherson is the man behind the global HUM map. If you're hearing a HUM, you can report it. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, if you found this experience rewarding, then please like, subscribe, write a review. The algorithms that help other people find these things really like that sort of stuff. It's a nice way to say thanks. This episode was recorded, produced, and sound designed by myself, Tom Wally. Music is supplied by Epidemic Sound.
1: Yo, t did you produce this? Sounds good, right?